the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back as we head into our second hour. We do each Wednesday. We do it with Representative David Schweikert, our congressman. David, how the heck are you, sir? Oh, I am fine. I I had a tooth extracted about an hour ago, and, you know, um, all I can say is apparently ibuprofen is an amazing drug. Yeah, yeah. Well, (laughs) you know, they're using more and more of it now, I guess, uh, over, over realizations that sometimes, you know, we can go with the ibuprofen instead of the opioids we used to be doling out like it was, like it was water. Yeah. And and look, um, it's just a weird thing. I've, I've always been fairly pain tolerant, so. But we'll find out in about two hours when also the um, everything else that they inject into your jaw. Do you, do, do you have to be so, pain tolerant to be in the business you're in? My gosh, the kinds of things you must you must be frustrated as I am, David. You and I have been talking about the fentanyl and other uh, drug crisis in this country for years now, and it seems as if about yesterday. This uh, federal government, at least from the administration's point of view, started waking up to it. Of course, Joe Biden bungled it yesterday. You wonder how much he knows about it. He said your opio- opioids are now being laced with fentanyl. Uh, that 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 crashes science into its in, into its yeah. walls. Well, <laughs> fentanyl being an opioid. But David, you've been I tweeting a, about this. You've been texting about it. The border problem, the fentanyl crisis. You must have a high pain threshold. Well, and I think I, I have a slightly other reason why all of a sudden they're it's popping up they're willing to talk about it okay um some of the left now is just panic stricken for some reason that this hit them talking about the articles that dropped early this morning about life expectancy i wanted to go there so glad you brought it up go and and i need you to understand they all tie together yep because if you actually now now these aren't final numbers final numbers don't come out to the end of the year but right now the united states for first time functioning in its history, has had two consecutive years where life expectancy has fallen, and fallen fairly dramatically. Yet, if you dig into the numbers, it's not older Americans dying of COVID. That's right. It's younger Americans, particularly right. younger males, yep. dying of suicide, and particularly dying of opioids. Yep. Substantially fentanyl. Yep. So what we're seeing is the problem is so big now. I can't just sort of pretend this is, you know, this is only a problem of Western states that are near the border or, you know, drug addicts. I mean, there's stories floating around even Phoenix area of the number of homeless yep. that are being found dead in alleys yep. and from fentanyl overdoses. Yep. I mean, some of the some of the stuff going on around this is crazy. I was at a so briefing yesterday, you, you, people, how do people afford fentanyl? Because there's so much flooding in here, the price it's is lower. So I, heard, I, I was at a briefing last night. I've heard of prices now at 52 cents a pill, David. Um, if you're willing to buy in bulk. Yeah. If you're with, Remember, Phoenix, um, the Biden administration solved part of the supply chain issue. Um, you know, Phoenix is now the distribution center of the nation for fentanyl. Yeah. But, but you need to tie it together. 
so really bad public policy on something like the border, um, you start to see human trafficking, financing, incredible amounts of capital. Wall Street Journal did an amazing story yesterday, if anyone can get your hands on it. The two cartels, And they even did, yeah. did it in audio, yeah. talking about how the cartels now have make their own precursor chemicals. Yep. You know, we used to say it's China. Yep. Well, it is China, but now it's also um, the cartels themselves have so much cash from the human smuggling that now they're making their own precursor chemicals and they're making fentanyl so cheap with also new, even much more potent formulas. They're constantly experimenting and making them even more potent. Which is, which is why paramedics need to give higher and higher doses of Narcan when and if they can get to the patient before it's too late. I mean, all it, of this it, is of a piece. So now, so border policy equals homelessness. Yep. Homelessness equals that person being dead in your alley. Yep. It also now equals that teenager down the street from you being rushed to the emergency room thinking they were taking one of daddy's Xanaxes and they had no legally stamped fentanyl pill that may take that child's life. And now all of a sudden you see it on a national standpoint where someone like myself is responsible for trying to make the math for social security work. And I have a hundred thousand young, mostly men missing. They, they've died. They've disappeared. And if this were going on anywhere else, you would just see outrage. David, uh, no, but, no but one connects. Yeah, it all ties together. Yeah, no one connects. I was just going to say, no one connects social and economic policy as well as you do. I want, I want you to step. I want the audience to step back, and I'd like you to address this because I think I'm right about this. Um, we have now lost, if you go back to 2017, which was the first time I started noticing life expectancy going down, and yes, you're right, two consecutive years is the story today, but it's, we, we first saw in 2017 life expectancy going down. If you, We have now lost three years of life expectancy in total since 2017, yes, mostly due to uh, drug overdose deaths, some to obesity, a lot of, it, a lot of this is lifestyle, but, but David, think about this. This is unheard of in a Western developed country to see life expectancy go down. People are maybe blithe to this point. It's a big point. This is unheard of in a developed Western successful nation to have life expectancy go down. Um, But uh, this is a difficult thing I'm going to say. You add in our deaths from COVID. Yep. But much of the population that mostly suffered um, mortality and COVID were either, you know, very old right. or had comorbidity. Right. And um, the chief comorbidity and, and, was obesity, and we can't seem yeah. to talk about that. You can't and, do anything and, about age. It's called non, uh, right? <laughs> age age is but, a non-modifiable it, behavior, <laughs> right? Yeah, but this is really uncomfortable what I'm going to say, and, and, I, and I've only just begun to really try to think about it. You take a look at the population that public policy is functionally allowing to die. Yes. Ages, yep. obese, people with comorbidity, drug addicts, homeless. And you start to think about how much society values these people. That's right. And it's not, um, not that excited about leaping in and saying, we need to lock down the border 
to save people. That's right. Or we need to do, it's almost, it's, a, it's almost like a perverse version of Logan's Run, which that's a weird <laughs> reference for anyone. You got it. It was a movie from yeah. the 70s. <laughs> um, but don't, don't you think the problem really, is we're confusing in so many cases, and maybe this is really a problem in the progressive side of the aisle, but we're confusing compassion with enabling. That's how I think of it. Um, I think you're not dark enough. Okay. Um, you know, none of these are populations who are writing political checks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. None of these are, are populations that, I mean, we actually had a quick meeting this morning with some of my economists from Joint Economics trying to understand the mortality figures. And one of them, and he's a pure economist, he only does math. He's actually not even that political. <laughs> and he says, well, the marginal implication of this population dying is these probably weren't high contributors to GDP anyway. Right, right. Right. And that's what set off this thought process of what happens when the environment around us that we have so devalued the lives of these populations that's right. that the political class doesn't doesn't care. Well, there is this investment in the enabling of it. You look at uh, the way the uh, efforts take place in San Francisco. They don't believe in treatment. They believe in enabling. The, you, you look at some of these expanding homeless zones, chronic homeless. I'm not talking about people that lost a job two months ago. I'm not talking yeah. about I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about, the stuff on Ninth and Jefferson, that kind of stuff. We are in we are enabling it because we would rather not do the compassionate thing, which is get these people the help they need. I'm working on an effort uh, to adjust that, yeah, but I, this I, is a I, real problem of the progressive movement in America. It is, but there's a level of cruelty to it. And there's also some really difficult societal conversations. If tomorrow I told you we could take the population that's schizophrenic yep. or those, and we do have medication that would stabilize them so they could make actual decisions for themselves. Yep. But that use of medication now becomes a great controversy of how do you get someone to take it so so there are these sort of you know what is compassion what is we have to work through we need to come to a collective agreement on that but i need you to back up there's horrible things happening in the country and we feed in the data and it comes back to public policy it sure does. Well, this is this is why you're where you are, and this is why I hope, God please, you will be in the majority in just a few more months, David, um, so we can really roll up our sleeves and get to doing something about it. God bless you for putting a focus on this. It's, I think, one of the most important issues of our day. I really do. Thank you for doing it. I also want to next week get an update on your beautiful baby and how your beautiful baby is doing, too. Four weeks old. That's great. Excuse me, eight weeks old. Eight weeks weeks old. old. My gosh, that's great. All right, David Schweikert. God bless you, sir, and thank you very much. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-5089-60. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by my friends at Y-Refi. If you are looking for a really remarkable investment opportunity, please check them out. They're offering a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% return for investors, all in a secure and collateralized portfolio. Y-Refi is a due diligence to prove firm. These are investors who do really well by doing good for others, and you can be a part of that. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's investyrefi.com. 
com or give them a call at 855-316-3087, 855-316-3087. Walking all the way over to Atlanta. Keith is in Atlanta. Thank you for your patience, sir. How you doing, Seth? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Aren't you kind of interested in Biden's speech tomorrow night? Well, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if I, I I have to be interested because it's going to be the talk of the town. But I got to tell you, I'm really, really not looking forward to hearing his blather. I, I, I'm not. But, you know, I'm really interested in what the Fuhrer has to say, because I believe he, he he's at the point of no return. And he is really going to start declaring the... Uh, social war on the MAGA crowd. You know, and, I think you're right. Re- you're, you're right, Keith. At first, when I heard he was going to give a talk on the soul of the nation, I thought, okay, he's going to do some kind of the Joe Biden who campaigned as the uniter. But when you heard his speech yesterday, and that's on top of the semi-fascist comment, which is on top of the ultra-MAGA comment, which is on top of the ultra-MAGA extremist comment, I think you're right. I think he's trotting out something that's going to be fascism, fascism, fascism. Yep, and he's really going to paint. He's going to drag the Second Amendment people into it, too, how we're all dangerous to society. Listen, there's really nothing new with the left throughout the history of mankind. You look at all these other countries they toppled. They they had to do it through violence and, and intimidation, and, and it's nothing new here in America. And the reason why we haven't faced this in our 250-year pl- uh, history is that because there's two amendments that have kept the left in check, the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. The First Amendment is so great because we still have a conservative conservative outlet to keep the left in check. We can talk on these forums and we can express over the air, and maybe we can convince a few of the people out there how important it is to keep uh, an open dialogue going rather than giving it totally over to the press. The Second Amendment is out there because... If the, if they they turn to be aggressive, there we're really there are more of us that have conservative and true American values than the left in this country. There are more of us, and in massive numbers, and and uh, I, I think you're right they, about that, Keith. But it is interesting to note that those two things. I think you're right to mention them as well. Those as the two things that have kept um, the country on course and 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 the left in check. Um, those two things are the things that this administration is going after the hardest. Uh, you know that about the Second Amendment, but I want people to think about it with regard to the first as well. When they do disinformation boards or when they are pressuring media companies, as we know, like Facebook, to censor negative stories and they have to comply with those requests, you know, there's things people don't see. Uh, There was an effort by this administration. I don't think I've ever mentioned it, but just to give you an example, um, there was an effort. The government has its hands on so many vehicles. It can make life uncomfortable, even if it doesn't directly go after your First Amendment rights. So, for example, you know, they can threaten FCC licenses if you don't follow along with things like vaccine mandates. You know, they can play those games, too, and let me tell you, they do. Yep. And, and, and you know, Seth, I want to point out something about this, the war on the Second Amendment. And, and Biden really came out there and, and ridiculed the Second Amendment. You can't take over a country. You need an F-15 to do something like it. 
he's he's just a nut. But anyways, remember when Swalwell, Eric Swalwell said a couple of years ago, he ridiculed the Second Amendment people. He said, he goes, you can keep your guns. We've got the nukes. And he really laid it on the line. There There is true intentions on the left to use the government to go after us. And the people who vote for Democrat, you better start paying attention to this crowd. They have evil intentions for normal Americans. And after they've eliminated the normal Americans and put us in check, they're coming after you next. Anyone who votes for the Democrat Party, you're voting for your own demise. You know, the only thing that bothers me, Keith, uh, about that line of argument is um, the Democratic Party may literally not think those things are important anymore. I mean, when you survey, when you do surveys of uh, college students or even when you do surveys of uh, members of the Democratic Party about issues like free speech, the Second Amendment, we know where they're going to come down on. But on even issues of free speech uh, and the First Amendment, they're they're concerned for it. They're interested in it. Their defense of it. Is rather is, is rather wanting. It's not very strong. They don't think they need it. Um, they think that in fact it's it's an it's a hindrance. It's a hindrance to what they want to do. Um, so I, you know, it, it it puts us in a little bit of a pickle here, to ar- where we are now having to argue about the importance of free speech and free debate. To which they say, well, sure, sure, but if it's for the right things. You know, it's interesting if you go to these Marxist websites where I spend a lot of time on and you look about and you look at Marxist.org, things like that, and you read about what their views are on free speech. Their views are freedom of speech so long as it supports the cause, which is not what the First Amendment is about. But if you listen to the Democrats and you think about information boards and you think about pressuring companies like Facebook, that is what the, the way they see it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah they're a sick group. They're, they're really they're they're gone. They, that's a sad group there. I, it's just sad. You know, if anyone's a true liberal in this world, they would start becoming independent. To have the D next to your name means you're uh, a radical. Joe Lieberman, I have to have, I, I have to give him some respect. He became an independent because he saw his party was too dangerous. Too bad Joe Manchin is a sellout. He he just really went along until they until the Democrats could pad his account and he went along. That anyone who's got a D next to their name, and that your your senator out there, um, what's his name, Kelly? Yeah. Let me tell you something. He talks the good game because he knows that's the only thing that gets gets elected. See, this is a big there. point of mine. It's when they when they when they when they trim, uh, when they lie, when they uh, distance themselves from. Uh, left-wing policies, the way people like Mark Kelly do rhetorically, but behind the secret, you know, behind the cover of the vote that they're engaging in anyway. There's a reason that they're lying. There's a reason that they're trimming. There's a reason that they're shading the real record, and the reason is they know it would never be acceptable. Back to your exactly. original point, the American people would not put up with it. Yeah, yeah. Good feedback, uh, Keith. Thank you very, very much. As always, stay cool in Atlanta. You're probably cooler than us. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Your dollar buys less and less than it did even a month ago. 
paper money continues to be worth less and less. I'm aware of this as you are every time we go shopping. The good news is that gold and other precious metals traditionally hold their value when economies fail and fall, <laughs> like right now, which is why I recommend buying precious metals from the Midas Gold Group, the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. I own precious metals from them. Seb Gorka does. Thousands of you already do. More of you can discuss your portfolios with them. And if precious metals make sense for you, by giving them a call at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. Or visiting them online at MidasGoldGroup.com. MidasGoldGroup.com. They're just good people over there. Mike is in Scottsdale. Hello, Mike. Hi, Seth. Um, hey, thanks for taking my call. You bet. I just wanted to um, uh, kind of alert, since you're talking about fascism uh, the past couple of days, um, uh, alert people not to look up anything on Wikipedia. <laughs> of course, we all knew that, but um, we uh, some some of the men in my one Bible study group, afterwards we sat around and just chatted about stuff, and politics, of course, always comes up, and... Uh, we were talking about how uh, Biden uh, called us all fascists and um, said, let's look up, because I said, well, nobody really knows what that means anymore. I mean, That's correct. You just, you just throw the word out there, and, yep. and it's just a word that sounds bad, and, and uh, but nobody knows what it means. So I said, let's look it up. <laughs> One of the guys got on Wikipedia and looked it up, and the very first thing it said was, far right wing mm-hmm. and then it went on to tell what fascist was mm-hmm. but it but it labeled it to far right wing mm-hmm. uh so uh if you kind of look up the definition of something don't use don't use Wikipedia. you know it's a, it's a complicated thing i was talking a little bit about this uh i think maybe yesterday or the day before um it's a complicated <clears throat> thing because it was a very um unique and time uh time confined thing um Really, one can one can look to history and find two, not really, probably more literally fascist governments. One was mm-hmm. the original. One was the originator of it, the inventor of it, Benito Mussolini's Italy, and you mm-hmm. could maybe say at certain points, General Franco's Spain. Uh, and after that. It becomes very difficult. Now, people have said um, Nazi Germany uh, was was a fascist party, and elements of it may have embraced fascism. But Hitler, Adolf Hitler didn't write much or talk much about fascism. Um, his party, people need to remember, as opposed to Benito Mussolini's, which was literally named fascist party, his party was the National Socialist Party. And uh, one of the things I was planning to do, Mike, today, maybe to inoculate us, vaccinate us, if you will, a little bit about what we're going to hear tomorrow night, I was going to get in to the socialist roots of fascism. Mm. And I think it's really important um, that uh, people do their own homework and online is not going to be it. You've got to go to the books. You've got to go to the books that haven't mm-hmm. been taken over online. Books are permanent. Once they're published online, it's taken over by the social media left, as you're pointing out. Uh, one of the well, be- they, yeah, go ahead. Well, they, they've already. I think they're. I, I would say sixty percent on their way to changing history, and they've done a yeah. very good job of it in real in, time. In, yeah. in real time, yeah. And um, so you're right about that. And I, I think. 
if you look at socialist, fascist, and communist, I think you can pretty much, I like to boil things down. And I think if you wanted to boil all three of those things down, they're all going to mean basically the same thing, where the government takes over and uh, gives whatever it wants to to its people. I mean, it's just, you know, of course, communism is going to be the extreme of that, and it's they're going to do it at gunpoint. The other two are going to pretend like they're not doing it at gunpoint, but they really are. And so, um, but it's all basically the same thing. Yeah, uh, stick with me here, those, buddy. Stick with me here. If you, uh, you know what, I'm going to do it in the next segment, Mike, because of because of your request, uh, or at least your call here. Uh, I don't know if you're requesting it, but because of your call, I'm going to do this in the next segment. Uh, I'm going to give you um, something on fascism. You know, it would be interesting if a reporter asked Joe Biden what his definition of fascism was. And then it would be interesting to talk to someone like Carl Cohen, who wrote the book Communism, Fascism and Democracy, Professor of Philosophy at the University of Michigan. Uh, how or or any expert really any history expert because Joe Biden won't know what I'm about to tell you he doesn't bother to he's not intellectually curious he doesn't care he's bought into the notion that fascism equals conservative uh, that fascism equals Donald Trump and right wing it doesn't stay tuned you'll hear why. They make a great product. I take it every single day. It is one daily dose, a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole veggies using their cold press, unique cold press process in vegetarian capsules. If you don't like swallowing them, they're normal size, but if you don't like swallowing them, they're designed to open up and be sprinkled into food or drink. They want you to get those nutrients. I think they call them phytonutrients, but they are fantastic to boost your energy your health, and your immunity. Best product I've ever taken. Haven't been sick in three years. Used to get sick, oh, three or four times a year. Um, and I, I can't say enough about them. Balanceofnature.com. You can access their fruits and veggies uh, by going there, balanceofnature.com. But make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Okay. Fascism. Let's get it right. Let's get it right. There are scholars um, who have written on it, and I'm going to suggest, along with what Mike was calling about in the previous segment, the online stuff is so distorted and so perverted by people who really don't know history and don't know philosophy and don't know political philosophy and don't know political history. Get a book on it. You have to get a book that can't be altered. A good starting point is, I think, the um, the real Bible on this, which is Carl Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, Carl Cohen's book, Communism, Fascism, and Democracy. Um, you don't need to know what the book's about. <laughs> the title tells you. Or, if you want, Angelo Cotavilla passed away recently. He was a scholar at Boston uh, University with the Claremont Institute for many years, but a professor at Boston University, Angelo Cotavilla. And in the uh, spring 2020 issue of the Claremont Review of Books, he wrote a piece on fascism. This was, uh, okay, a little bit like, uh, yeah, two and a half years ago. And you just tell me if this sounds like a conservative or a liberal. You tell me if this sounds like a right-winger or a left-winger. Mussolini said, when the nation's interests are at stake, all particular interests, whether the proletariats or the bourgeoisies, must be silent when the nation's interests are at stake. So you declare an emergency, and then you put particular interests aside. Quote, 
We do the bureaucracy. I can do better than that. Quote, we do the bureaucracy, the highest honor, and raise it to a level above that which it occupied under previous governments by making it into an army of co-belligerents, which works towards the same end. Okay? You have now the bureaucracy in this quote is the weaponized agent to keep in check the population. He said, we are truly revel- we are truly relativists par excellence. They're proud of being relativists. We are truly relativists par excellence. He said, relativism is akin to Nietzsche's der Wills or Macht, the will, right? Der Wills or Macht. And fascism is a most formidable creature of an individual and collective will to power. Der Wills or Macht, the will to power. That is to say, as we discussed the other day, might makes right, not right making might, which would be the Lincoln point of view. Might makes right, okay? um, Socioeconomic organization was fascism's defining feature, Professor Cotevilla writes. Only employers and employees organizations approved by the government were allowed. That sound like conservatism or liberalism to you? Does it sound like right wing or left wing to you? Only employers and employees organizations approved by the government were allowed. They represented and collected dues from any and all in their category and territory, whether these had signed up with them or not. In 1925, they had agreed voluntarily to recognize each other as exclusive representatives to subordinate interactions at a local level to central organizations and to draw up procedures for their cooperation under government supervision. So they were coerced into signing up for government supervision. This came to fruition in the law of corporations, the law of corporations, April 3rd, 1926, it codified the political economic order. No longer would corporations be responsible to owners. Hmm. No longer would corporations be responsible to owners. Thenceforth, they would would answer to higher duties as defined in the law. As Mussolini put it, quote, in a world of social and economic interdependence, the watchword must be cooperation or misery. You do what we say or we will shut you down. Think about whether that sounds like Donald Trump or whether that sounds like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or, for that matter, the entire regimen of COVID. Now, what did Mussolini think of Franklin Roosevelt and the New Deal? You would think a right winger would be opposed to it, right? Right, you would. The view that the New Deal was fascism without the billy clubs was a universal thought among FDR's opponents on the left, like Norman Thomas, who was the socialist candidate for president, as well as people like Herbert Hoover. The New Deal was fascism without the billy clubs. That's how everyone understood it. At that time, it could hardly have been otherwise since the essence of the National Industrial Recovery Act, one of the alphabet soups of the New Deal and IRA, the involuntary inclusion of all participants and categories of economic activity and their subjection to government dictated prices, wages and working conditions was at least as detailed as those in the fascism corporate law of 1926. 
The U.S. government had brushed aside the Supreme Court's objections to the National Recovery Act in a series of cases like Schechter Poultry or Willard v. Wickard v. Filiburn, as law school students still study, as the court approved regulations of all manners of enterprise with stricter with reasoning stricter than anything Mussolini had used in 1926. Today, by the same token, Senator and 2020 presidential candidate Elizabeth Warren proposed, quote, the Accountable Capitalism Act, which would force corporations to enroll into a legal scheme in which the government would force them to service various stakeholders as government regulators would decide from time to time. Such tools are far more powerful, after all, than billy clubs. Get this. Until 1935, New Dealers, though careful not to add their opponents' ammunition, did not hide their administration's kinship with the fascists, the Nazis, and the communists, and what they were doing to redirect their societies over which they ruled. Secretary of Interior to Franklin Roosevelt, Harold Ickes, thought that, quote, what we are doing in this country is analogous to what is being done in Russia, and even under Hitler in Germany, the only thing is that we do it methodically, close quote. FDR himself referred to Mussolini and Stalin as, quote-unquote, blood brothers and spoke of having private contacts with Mussolini. Mussolini, he said, quote, is interested in doing what we are doing, and I am struck by how much of his doubtless honest programs to reform Italy he has accomplished in the same way we do it here. Harold Ickes, that name mean anything to you? Ickes, Ickes, remember? Hillary Clinton's chief advisor was his son. I'll have more for you when we come right back. But the notion that fascism is a right-wing thing or a left-wing thing, at least when it comes to America, it was a left-wing thing. show uh, trying to inoculate you from uh, vaccinate you from uh, what we're probably going to hear from Joe Biden tomorrow night with actually understanding fascism. If you missed Angelo Cotavilla's rendering of it, Professor Angelo Cotavilla's formerly of Boston University before he passed away uh, last year, uh, uh, commentary on what fascism was. Uh, it was in my last segment or you can go to the Claremont Review of Books and read his uh, spring 2020 essay on it. But when you think about what they're probably not teaching you in school anymore, if they ever did, they probably didn't, that Benito Mussolini and FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, especially his New Deal and his New Deal brain trusters like Rex Tugwell and Harold Ickes, uh, father of Hillary Clinton's advisor, Harold Ickes Jr., they were praising Benito Mussolini's tactics They were praising Mussolini's programs, and Mussolini was praising FDR's New Deal. Um, You think about corporatism and the taking over of vast parts of uh, the economy and industry. You tell me what party is uh, trying to give universal free health care, which is raising and dictating minimum wages, which is creating government-mandated unionization of major industries, guaranteed jobs, massive spending on public education with propaganda attached to it, strict separation of church and state, public health campaigns that are public health campaigns only if and when the government wants to make them a public health campaign. Um, 
you, you tell me what party is doing that, and you tell me what president was trying to free up the corporations from those regulations. Who cut more regulations against business than any other president in recent history? It wasn't Joe Biden, and he struts about reversing Donald Trump's regulation freedom agenda. Donald Trump made it that every uh, one uh, regulation that was being uh, put into the Code of Federal uh, Regulations would only be put there if you could reduce two, if you would take out two others. I believe the study on that that came out at the end of his term showed that he was successful on a one to one point seven ratio. Not bad, not bad, given the deep state he's up against. But that's hardly corporatism the way fascism sees it. You want to see corporatism the way fascism understood it and defined it and the way Benito Mussolini was praising the New Deal and the New Dealers were praising Mussolini? You look to the Democratic Party, baby. You don't look to the Republican Party. And that, too, has been a revision of history in real time. Hopefully now you're inoculated. Don't go away. Be right back. Monologue coming up. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.